text for this morning will be taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 7. We'll read just two verses, 7 and 8. These are Christ's words. This is part of his Sermon on the Mount. It says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. The Lord here was giving us further instructions on prayer. Jesus often spoke about prayer, probably one of the subjects he actually talked about the most. And we read verses where it says, man ought always to pray and not to faint. Tells us to pray without ceasing. Ephesians instructs us praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So we can see prayer is vital in our relationship with the Lord. But here, Jesus lays out three ingredients for prayer. He says to ask, to seek, and to knock. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. You know, this is not a formula that some people may like to make it kind of like a pie-in-the-sky prayer where you can just come to the Lord and ask anything you want at any old time and the Lord is obligated to give us whatever we want. That's not what He's saying here at all. God is not some indulgent Father who just gives us everything we want. He loves us far too much for that. But we do know the Lord will give us what we need. And we do know that Jesus has promised to give us what he deems is best for us. But there are some keys here that we want to look into this morning. These three keys, these three ingredients are all important, but we see that uh, it begins by asking. And I don't believe that the order there is mistaken. The Lord gave us these three instructions in the order that he did for a reason. We have to begin by asking. You know, if we don't get that right, we probably won't get anything else right. So the Lord gives us certain criteria about asking in his word. It tells us in Psalm 66, verse 18, it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. You know, the best way to make sure that the Lord will hear our prayers And here our petitions is that they're prayed from a heart that's free from iniquity. Of course, the only way that can happen is for the Lord to first save us. You know, sinners may offer up all kinds of prayers to the Lord, sometimes in desperation, but they really, they're in no position to expect that the Lord will hear those prayers. We do know there is one prayer that a sinner can always pray and the Lord has promised to hear. That is a prayer of genuine repentance, a prayer from the depth of their heart, a prayer of surrender and submission to the Lord. Then the Lord saves us. But when we pray, we must be willing to obey. You know, a heart free from iniquity will be the thing that will clear up those lines of communication between us and the Lord. John fifteen seven says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, then you shall ask whatsoever you will, and it shall be done unto you. But again, we see this picture of obedience to the Lord. So important when we're making our petitions known to the Lord. 
also tells us that when we ask, we have to ask with the right motive or for the right reasons. James 4.3 says, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. That word amiss means to miss the mark. You know, any prayer that's prayed out of selfishness or for selfish motives or for self-serving purposes is prayed with the wrong motive. And the Lord says, if you pray like that, uh, you're going to be praying amiss. In Luke 9, we have an account where Jesus was getting ready to go to Jerusalem and he was going to pass through Samaria. So it says he sent messengers on ahead to tell the folks there in the city to make ready for him. And when those Samaritans found out that Jesus was headed toward Jerusalem, it says that they received him not because they knew he was going to Jerusalem. The Samaritans and the Jews hated one another. And when they found out Jesus was actually going to go to Jerusalem, they rejected him. Of course, this made his disciples very angry, very upset. And John and James came back and said, Jesus told Jesus, you want us to call fire down on him and destroy him? Let's get them, you know. They have it coming. They were angry. They were upset. You know, if Jesus wanted to do that, he didn't need John and James' help. But he said, he says, you know not what spirit you are of. He rebuked them. He says, the Son of Man came not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So he was letting them know you were asking the wrong thing with the wrong motive. That will be a prayer that will never get through. We need to ask in faith. James 1, verse 6 and 7 says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A faithless prayer is a worthless prayer. Jesus said it himself. Or James said it. Let not that man think that he will receive anything of the Lord. So when we ask of the Lord, we need to make sure We're asking with the right motive, and we're asking in faith. You know, there's an account in Mark 9 of a man whose uh, son was possessed of a devil, and he came to the disciples. They couldn't do a thing for him, and he came to Jesus, and he said, Lord, if you can do anything, please have compassion on us and help us. It didn't sound like a real faith-filled request. But Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And I love that man's prayer. He said, Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. That's a prayer of faith right there. If you're seeking the Lord for something and you're having a hard time believing for it, ask the Lord, Lord, help my unbelief. God will do it. And we know the Lord answered that man's prayer and delivered his son. We need to ask according to his will. This is very important. 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15, it says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. This may be one of the most difficult prayers for us to pray. Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Because so often our desires and our wills don't always align with God's. We may want something so bad and we may beg and plead, but the Lord in His knowledge and in His love, He may realize that that's not the best thing for us. 
You know, sometimes the Lord may tell us no. We have to be willing to accept that. Don't ever bother praying and asking the Lord to do something that's outside of His will or outside of His Word. God won't go outside of His Word to give us what we want. You know, if you're, you've got a shady business deal going and you're asking the Lord, Lord, bless this transaction. God won't do that. If you're not honest and upright, if you're, uh, not, your integrity's in question, don't ask God to bless that. You know, God may allow you to prosper in spite of Him, in spite of Him, but you'll be doing it on your own. And you know, without the Lord's blessing, that thing can become a curse to you. I've had people tell me they prayed and asked the Lord to bless an adulterous marriage. God will never do that. God will not go outside of His Word to bless or endorse anything. God won't sanction an unholy union. People may convince themselves that God's blessing is on it because they they get along so well and it must be the Lord's will. You know, Satan is a master counterfeiter. He can deceive people, but that thing will become a curse. So God will never go outside of his will to answer a prayer. He permits people to have their own way all the time because he won't violate our free will, but we want to pray within the will of God. And when we do that, it says we have confidence we can know the Lord will hear and answer our prayers. It's, it's difficult. Lord, not my will, but thine be done. You know, even the Apostle Paul, if anyone knew how to get a prayer through, it would have been him. But he had a prayer prayer like that. We, we know that God gave him a thorn in the flesh. And he sought the Lord three times to deliver him from that thing. But the Lord told him no. He said, I'm going to leave it there. But there's a reason. Because he didn't want... Paul to become exalted above measure and he let him know there's something far better by me leaving this thing than taking it away. And so Paul, when he accepted that, he was able to say, I gladly glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So we can see praying within the will of God is the way we'll get those prayers answered. And lastly, we want to pray with thanksgiving. It says, let your petitions be made known with thanksgiving. Let them be made known. How often have you, and I will admit I've done this, get down to pray and I pull out my grocery list and I start naming off all the things I need the Lord to do. And sometimes He has to remind me, you need to praise me first. We want to start our prayers with praise and thanksgiving. It puts God in His proper place. Along with that, we pray with reverence and respect and we make our petitions known to the Lord, but we have to do it with thanksgiving in our hearts. So hopefully we understand a little bit more about what it means to ask the Lord. Well, then he mentions seeking the Lord. It says, seek and ye shall find. Psalm 104, verse 105, verse 4 says, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face evermore. So we see evermore means this is something we're to do continually. Deuteronomy 4.29 lets us know that this is something we are to do with all our hearts, all our souls, all our minds, and all our strength. Seeking means to go in search of or to look for or try to discover. There's a difference between asking and seeking. Asking is something we do verbally with our mouths. Seeking often involves our hearts and our minds and even our bodies at times. 
Asking only takes a second. Seeking may take more time. It requires some time involved. And I thought of a, tried to think of a real simple way to illustrate this. If either one of my girls came to me and they told me they really needed $50, and I knew they needed it, it wasn't just for some frivolous purchase, and they asked me for $50, I would certainly tell them, yes, you can have $50. But then I might tell them, all you need to do is you need to go down the hallway, go into the bedroom, get into my nightstand, and pull out my wallet, and you'll have $50 there. Well, what would happen if they said, okay, thanks, Dad, and turned and walked away? I gave them a promise, but they wouldn't have the $50. So I came up with my definition for seeking. Hopefully this isn't too confusing. It made sense to me. Seeking is following the steps laid out to secure the promise we receive through asking. I don't think that was too Websterish, was it? It made sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to you. Seeking is what we do. We can get a promise from the Lord, but seeking is the work and the effort we're willing to put in to see that promise fulfilled. And it tells us to ask and to seek. Seeking the Lord involves the Lord allowing to search our hearts and to seek out our hearts. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So sometimes when we're seeking the Lord and maybe we're not making spiritual progress, it's good to say, Lord, search my heart. Show me, is there anything I need to do? Is there anything I need to change so that I can make progress? And the Lord is faithful to do that. I think of Brother Wayne Butler. I think of his testimony often. He'd been saved and he'd been sanctified and he knew he needed his baptism, but he wasn't really seeking it. And he went on for some time like that until one day his wife Sister Lisa, she said, you know, if you spend as much time seeking the Lord as you do hunting and fishing, and we know that was Brother Wayne's passion, she said, if you spend as much time and energy and effort seeking the Lord, the Lord would give it to you. Well, he chafed under that. It bothered him, but you know what? It spoke to him, and it convicted him, and he realized this is true. And he began to make consecrations to the Lord. He began to give the Lord things in his life began to allow the Lord to search him. And as he consecrated those things to the Lord, it wasn't very long at all before the Lord filled him. But again, seeking takes effort. It's more than just asking. Sometimes it takes effort in allowing the Lord to search our hearts. God's Word tells us what to seek for. Matthew six thirty three says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The kingdom of God is putting God's plans before our own. Seeking His righteousness, somebody said it's setting a priority on personal holiness and a desire to be sanctified. Seek these things first, and there's a wonderful promise. Then all these other things will be added unto us. What things is He talking about? The things we spend so much time seeking for, food, clothing, shelter, our daily needs. The Lord promised if we seek Him first, these things will be added unto us. So we see the importance of seeking. Then this third one, he mentions knocking. He says, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Well, of course, he was speaking about the door to God's blessings and his promises. 
answers that we need. This is a picture of perseverance and persistence. We know the Lord doesn't always fulfill His promises the first time we may ask for them or express our needs. Sometimes the Lord may may remain silent for a while. Sometimes we may have to ask more than once. Sometimes we may have to obey and do things more than once. I think about Naaman the leper. He was told to go dip seven times in that old muddy Jordan. He had received a promise. He was told he'd be healed, but then he was given a set of instructions what he needed to do. And we know he had to dip seven times. He had a promise, but he had to follow through. He couldn't quit until he dipped seven times. If he would have stopped it six times, you know what? He would have gone home with a death sentence hanging over his head. He would have never got what he told him he could have. He had to seek. He had to follow through. Elijah said he prayed earnestly that it would rain after he had said it wouldn't rain for three and a half years. And God told him, go tell Ahab it's going to rain. But it said Elijah prayed earnestly that it would, would rain. God had given him a promise, but he sent out his servant seven times. He said, go search for a sign. And we know on the seventh time, the report came back that there was this cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah knew that his prayer had been answered, but he continued to pray and seek even after the Lord had given him a promise. You know, they had to persevere, but God blessed them as a result. The Lord will do the same for you. If you're willing to persevere and hold on in faith and continue to pray, to ask, to seek, and to knock, God will answer. He will. Some may suggest if you had faith, you'd only ask once. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus says, pray without ceasing. Ask, seek, knock. These are admonitions. The Lord tells us where to do these things. You know, it says Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, yet he prayed. That was the key for Elijah. He prayed. He was just like us, but he prayed and he continued to seek and knock. Again, in closing, we'll consider our Scripture reading. We know Jesus told this story and it illustrates the results and the importance of continuing in prayer. He began by saying, man ought always to pray and not to faint. We know in this story there's two people. He tells us about the widow and the unjust judge. That, that judge tells us he didn't fear God or regard man and he was unjust. He didn't even care about justice or anything like that. Not the kind of person we would want to plead our case to, but this was all she had. And then we read about the widow. We know she was desperate, probably without any means of supporting herself, and she'd been wronged, but she was persistent. So she came to this man continually. I imagine every day when that judge would walk out of his chambers and go to hold court, there with that woman, she'd barely be sitting right in front of him so he could see her. Maybe at the end of the day, as he would leave, she would be there waiting. Maybe the next morning he would come and as he'd go to open up the courthouse, she would be there waiting and she persisted. And she kept saying, she kept pleading her case. She said, avenge me, avenge me of mine adversaries. I said he wouldn't for a while. But then Jesus said this. He said, listen to what the unjust judge saith. 
Though I fear not God nor man, because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, as by her continual coming she weary me. She was driving this man crazy. So I don't care about justice. I don't care about anything. But because she continues to bother me, I'm going to answer her and meet her need. Well, Jesus went on to say, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry unto him day and night? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Again, the Lord was making an illustration here. If persistence pays off in dealing with a corrupt and a godless judge, with limited power, how much more will it pay off with a just and righteous God who cares for us, a God with unlimited power? Jesus, that's why he said we're to seek, we're to knock, we're to ask, you know. Persistence in prayer prays off and it pleases the Lord. You're not inconveniencing the Lord or bothering the Lord when you keep coming back again and again. You're actually showing The Lord, you mean business. You're proving to the Lord. You have faith and you're going to continue to ask till He gives you what He promised. You know, if you're not saved this morning, it doesn't matter how many times before you may have prayed or you may have asked. If you're willing to get honest with the Lord, if you're truly willing to humble yourself and surrender to the Lord, the Lord will save you today. The Bible says it's not His will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. You can be rest assured that if you're asking the Lord to save you, you are praying within the will of God. If you need to be sanctified, the Lord says, hold on, you know what? The Lord has that blessing for you. We know the Bible says that Christ suffered without the gate and shed His own blood that we might be sanctified said, this is His will, even your sanctification. Jesus Himself prayed for His disciples and His followers that they might be sanctified. You can be sanctified today. Again, you can have full confidence. You have every right to ask the Lord to sanctify you wholly. Not only is it your right, but I believe it's your obligation and your duty to do so. The Lord says, be holy, for I am holy. But this is a promise God has made to everyone who needs to be sanctified. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We know Jesus said He had to go away, but if He left, He would send that comforter. He said that the Spirit would be a gift. He said He promised to pour it out upon all flesh. All who are sanctified, he said, is for you and your children, those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He commanded his disciples, go in Jerusalem and tarry till you're filled with power from on high. This is a promise from God, and he wants you to have that power. You can have it. It says you receive not because you ask not. Have you even asked God for these things? If you have it, you need to start asking the Lord. And this pleases the Lord. It's actually a commandment. It's not just a right, but it's a commandment. The Lord says, ask to seek and to knock. It says, if ye, being evil, speaking of earthly parents, if ye know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give them the Holy Spirit that ask Him? The Lord wants to give you what you need. He wants to give you good things this morning. These blessings are available. As you know, just keep knocking on heaven's door. You know what happens when you knock loud enough and long enough? The Lord's going to answer. And when He does, you know what? He's not going to be frustrated. 
He's not going to be upset or impatient or bothered. He's not going to be troubled or put out. He's going to be thrilled because you're proving to the Lord you mean business with God. You know, that kind of perseverance, that kind of faith, the Lord will always honor prayers like that. What do you need from the Lord this morning? Ask. Ask in faith. Ask according to God's will. The Lord has promised you can have it this very morning. The Lord can meet you where you are if you're willing to just humble yourself. Ask in faith. God will do it for you today. Uh, The Lord wants to give good things to his children. So let's just come and pray. The song is 640. These altars are open for prayer.